Good evening and welcome to Success in the City. My name is Helen Webster. I'm with the lovely Sandra Scott and our guest today is whilst young, very accomplished. Tommy Lee. Welcome. Oh, thank you, Tommy, for joining us today and giving your time. And we're going to find out all about Tommy and his amazing things that he's done. And he's only really, really young, so a super, super inspiration for us. But first, we start off with a shout out to the kids. So, Sam, do you want to go first? Because we've got lots of young people to celebrate, haven't we? Yeah, I do. There's been some brilliant things coming up lately. Um, you think in the warmer weather there'll be more things, but people are out and about now. It's getting colder, it would seem. And um, I don't know if anyone saw the post we put on our page, Blind Man to Iron Man. Yes. And, um, yeah, and how lovely, you know, what that man's accomplished. But his young son, who is nine years old, who um, insisted on going with him to do Hadrian's Wall in six days, which was eight, 90 miles. Highly, highly impressive. Massive shout out there. And, and just to interrupt you there, son, we shared that yeah. post because I thought, oh, that's a pretty cool thing, isn't it? Yeah. Rachel Walker says, oh, he's amazing. And it's Rachel's brother's mate. So I'm going to see if I can get him as a guest on the show. Oh, oh what like a that. fabulous guest. Just okay, like that. Brilliant. Just like that. Just and like then that. also um, two young lads who we're hoping to have on the show, um, if next week, if possible, um, mm. I'll organise that for their availability. Kendrick Moore and Jack Newman, who've been selected for Team GB um, in trampolining, and they go to the trampoline club over the water, Grange Road in Birkenhead, and their coach contacted me, because they're minors, they're under 16s, they can't um, do that, so we have to email through the coach and everything. And um, they're fundraising to go to Baku to represent the UK. Because as with these young athletes, they have to raise all their own funds. They don't get funded um, by the government. And they're on their way. Three grand. It's easy for them to get three I grand. I know. It's not a lot of money, is it, for them? Yeah. And they were up to 800 when I checked um, oh, yesterday. Or so fingers and toes crossed for them. What a mm. great, great, great achievement. Um, and just... So they're from the Wirral, the two of them, and they train in Birkenhead. So fantastic to them. So I've got um, three lots of young people this week. Brilliant. So Tommy Lee, have you got any young people who you want to shout out to? Oh, I don't think I do. No, no little people who've done anything. I know, because he's only a baby himself, isn't he? Um, so I'm going to shout out to Millie Wick. So Millie Wick is, um, do I know him more? And I've known Millie since Millie was about six, maybe. And she used to come to the park with her mum and train, and she was a really, really good little runner. Started doing cross-country and is absolutely just smashing it. Based in her first a couple of races and things, but she came first today in a cross-country um, with year seven. So they're senior school, aren't they? And she's, she's not in seniors yet, so amazing. So well done to Millie. She's a little rising star one to watch. Um. And Patrick, who hated primary school, has gone to secondary school and won a certificate for like attendance and amazing work. So he's in the right environment, and that's uh, amazing. Cross country. cross country is that the one where if you saw the little bus go past, you could jump on it and take you a couple of stops, and then you'd just join in with the group later? No. <laughs> okay. Cross country is running in the fields when it's raining because they always seem to do cross country in the winter, don't they? And it's around. like when you're freezing and around the woods, and yeah, so you're running across the country. No, on the road. I remember that. And the four <laughs> and the five past, and if you were spotted, God help you. Okay. <laughs> okay. Forever. So Dave Verbeg's listening in and he says, Happy birthday, ladies. Congratulations and great work. Oh, so. For those who don't know, success in the city. So it's our success. What what success have we got this week? Okay, personally. I'm gonna go first and our success is that we are a year old today. Happy birthday to success in the city. So we started it because people were being a bit miserable and a bit negative. There were so many amazing people out and about doing amazing, amazing things. And so we decided that we'd share the positivity in the city. And I've got to say, we have had the most amazing guests. 
we have because we've had now not including when we have pairs together because we've had a few pairs on our way but we've had because we had a couple where we didn't we did the christmas one ourselves where we had a little drink in the shed and then we've had people where they couldn't have problems coming on so we have had um 49 guests in, wow. in the 52 weeks since we started yeah so you're our very first guest tommy of um of the new year and we did and some of the comments this week because you did a post about it being our birthday and some of the comments were really good and one person i've just read before said um she's been poorly and really isolated and she felt connected from it and that was one of the things it was everyone that we were getting liverpool was going into lockdown ahead of the seemed to be the rest of the country at the time bar leicester um and a couple of other places and so we sort of felt it really so um, it was just about keeping everyone connected and say, hey, look at all the positive things. Look how great we are as a city, you know, let's blow our own trumpets. So um, yeah. so that was that really, yeah. And it's it's been good. And I, I only thought we'd do it for a little while, actually, to be honest. I thought it was just going to be a short thing in the lockdown. But it's escalated. And we were on a radio, Tommy, but it closed, which wasn't our fault. And I just like... <laughs> we didn't close the station down. <laughs> we closed the station. We only had one slot a week. <laughs> it was a community radio. So we and everyone was like, oh, you've got to keep it going. And so we just do it now live on Facebook and on YouTube as well, which is cool. Um so but we also got so during the week, we've also had like amazing comments from people who don't know listen to it. The don't you don't know that they listen to it, and then somebody comes over and goes, "Oh, you showed amazing!" And you're like, "What?" With the gun comments. So, if anybody is listening out there, please comment. So I'm just going to say a quick shout out to Jan Railton. So, Jan Railton's son Darren, um, who ran the Paris Marathon on Sunday for prostate cancer. So, well done to Darren um, for running that, and that nicely ties in with what we're going to be talking about today. Um, oh, What's your success this week, son? Well, you know what? Can I just say, it's a bit of a cheek that you said the success was the birthday of the radio, which has left me with putting my lampshade up because <laughs> I got well, my son to put my lampshade up, the last one I got. So one, I've been working from home today on the laptop all day and I've really enjoyed myself and got stuck into all my work. And um, I, I ordered this lampshade, which arrived. So this sounds really pathetic, but I put it's. I don't think I've put a lampshade up before myself in my life, probably. So that was good. And let Go me ahead. tell you, the instructions weren't comprehensive at all. I didn't switch mm -hmm. the electricity off on the fuse board. I just made sure the switch was off. <laughs> I know, Didn't I know. Yeah. Kitten. I know. Yeah. Sorry, everyone. Anyway, the lampshade's fine. It's in the lounge, and I'm made up. So there we go. Why didn't you just phone me that an woman done it? Well, you know what? I wanted to put it up myself. And well I did. done, you. Delighted with it. Yeah, so that was good. So that's a trivial, well trivial success compared to a year's of our show. But there we go. I'm part of that as well. So that's I know, I just stole the thunder because I went first. So tell me what amazing thing has happened to you this week. Uh, this week, I signed up with the Penny Lane Striders, which are a running group based in Garston. Brilliant. Mm, well done. So Penny Lane Striders are um do they wear red and white stripy? Are they red and white or is that the Kirby Milers? I think that's Kirby Milers. White and yeah. black. Yeah. 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 So I think that Joe Justin. Yeah, very much so. Yeah, I was about to send you a message. You are having because I can hear you two perfectly. Well, that's because we are perfect, yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Joe Moody is a Penny Lane strider as well as a Liverpool runner, as well as a Kirby Myler. And she posted something this week and she'd been on a big run with them. Oh, brilliant! I'll so, yeah, so you'll get to meet her soon, some around. She normally runs with a big Ridgeback dog, she's got two yeah. now, yeah. So, amazing. Airbus aircraft as well, which was the post I saw that she'd done, which Ooh. is really good. So that was cool. That might have been on air travels, I suppose. Amazing. Okay. okay. We're gonna play this or that. Okay. Well, Tommy, 
I'll ask yeah. you and Sandra, and then Sandra will ask me and you. Okay, so we're going to say this or that. So it was like coffee or tea, and then we answered it. Okay. Do you want to go first, Sam? No, you can this week. I went first last time. Oh, okay. Okay. Doesn't really apply to you, Sam, but it might do. Okay. Tommy, I'm going to ask first. Road run or trail run? No, it doesn't apply to me at all. Road run. Road run. Yeah. Okay. Where it depends what city you're in. You see all different sites. If you've never been to that city before, it's a good way to explore. Mm, very good. Very good. Sam? What did you say? Road run or what? Trail run. So when you run off in the woods, like through the trails, a bit like a cross country. Road run, because if a bus comes past, you can jump on it. <laughs> You won't get a bus in the woods, will you? Plus, a bear might attack you. You don't know. It makes you run faster. <laughs> the city dweller, yeah. No. <laughs> so I, 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 I do like running on the road, but I'm actually training at the moment for the Anglesey Trail Half Marathon, which I haven't done a lot of training, but it's in um, not very long, like three weeks, four weeks, but I'll be all right. The equivalent of that thing in Anglesey where you're running, because you can't get the bus because it's not a road run. In the wilderness in Anglesey, you could jump mm. on a horse if one came past. Yeah. I'll book yourself a unicorn. <laughs> this is my mind how I think, how can I get out of doing that? But yeah. Well, it's been postponed four times, and it should have been in, um, is it March, May? I think it might have been May. 2020 so i was thinking that was nice and warm it's now in like the middle of november by the beach in anglesey so it's going to be freezing isn't it you love it you thrive on all of that i do thrive on that so yeah so i'm, I'm doing that okay go on Sam. okay uh because you went to lippa tommy which is no mean achievements and spent a lot of time doing activities there okay singing or dancing oh that was my second one dancing Oh, I can't sing, but I like singing. Okay, what oh, about you? Dancing. What? Yeah, dancing as well. What sort of dancing do you do, Tommy? Uh, we, we did a bit of everything, really. Uh, I wasn't very good. My strong point was the acting, which that's where I excelled in, but I, I take dancing over singing any day. Oh, can you tap dance? I do Irish dancing. Me and my sister used to do Irish dancing when we were when we were younger. Did you? I used to think of Michael Flatley. Michael Flatley, yeah, a bit of river dance going on. Tommy, where did you do Irish dancing? We did it. Where did we do it in Chilwell? Oh yeah. Um, I don't know the exact place where it was, but it was in Chilwell somewhere. Yeah. I took my son to Irish dance and he what we took him we went to see River Dance, then he also decided he wanted to be Michael Flatley. And we went over the water to this place in San, sort of down Tranmere Way, somewhere around there. And we went to this hall and there was one other lad and he was, the other lad was like, that was made up that he was there. They were yeah. only little, you know. Yeah. And I said to the lady, oh, we'll get him the shoes and everything. She went, don't rush, just wait. And then we come out and he went, no, I'm not doing that again. <laughs> I think he just thought he'd move his legs and be brilliant. You know, he was only little. So, um, but then he said, oh, no. It's really yeah. difficult, isn't it, Irish? I've never done Irish dancing, but it's really difficult. Yeah. When when you're watching them, when, when you watch something and it looks easy, it's really, really difficult. So, yeah, okay. so hats off to them. So I had that as my second question as well, but never mind. Okay. When mm -hmm. you're running, music or podcast? Oh, music. Music. What what music do you listen to when you're running? It, it varies. It can be modern music, uh, rock classics, sometimes a bit of musical theatre. Um, I'm a big fan of musical theatre. Oh, nice. Mm. What would you yes. listen to if you ran, San? Yeah. Well, what oh, I am when I exercise, I do like to uh, listen to music, that is, because I do do exercise, 
And when I exercise, I definitely like to listen to music. In the car, I have music, but I also listen to loads of podcasts and I listen to audio books. But I don't think that would motivate me when I'm if I were to run. However, I might try that and that might help me. That could be the magic ingredient I need. A podcast around Cox just part. It doesn't help when people say, doesn't she run like Phoebe off friends? <laughs> That's the motivation I get, Tommy. And when I was a teacher, Tommy, one day I was telling Helen the other week, I went, I had to go across the hall quickly for something to grab something. And I heard one of the kids go, have you seen Miss Scott run? <laughs> <laughs> or have you seen how Miss Scott run? So I am a little apprehensive to go running, I must be honest. I might try speed walking. I won't I won't yeah. look as ridiculous, believe it or not. Can you do a bit of Jeffin? <laughs> I don't know what that means, but there we go. So a bit of like run, walk, run, walk, you know, when you're just like, you know, yeah. Run, um, walk. So I, I don't listen to anything when I run. I don't, I don't, um, I've, I've done it a few times when I've listened to a podcast and stuff, but I like to just not have earphones or anything. And I like to run and I like to listen to the sounds, especially if I'm running on the road. I think if. Okay. Hell's frozen for me there. So Tommy, I'm going to ask you my one next. Okay. Um, because of the job you have, which we'll talk about shortly, because it's very interesting. Do you prefer the southeast of the country or the north of Scotland? Ooh. North of Scotland. Mm. Why? Beautiful um, place to travel to. Uh, I was up there, I want to say, three weeks ago, maybe. Mm. Three weeks ago, and it is just a beautiful place to travel yeah. to. Scotland is beautiful, you know, but it's just needed yeah. the weather, that's all. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to say Scotland as well. Cool. Okay, Where Helen, you go, you got another one? I have got another one, yeah, because I, I wrote four down because I thought, I bet you picked the same one as me. And that's only happened once before, hasn't it? Yeah, there's a things. bit of a blame culture going on here. Cool. Okay. <laughs> okay, if you've got a visit, okay, in London, Ripley's Believe It or Not or Madame Two Swords, um, Tommy. Um, I'd say Ripley's Believe It or Not. I visited that one in Amsterdam, it was 2018, and it is just such an interesting place. You learn so much. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. What about you, Sam? Well, I've never fancied that actually, but um, so and I've been to Madame Two Swords in London, and Madame Two. Madame Two Swords is famous over the world over, although we've got other ones in other cities now, but London is reputed to be the best. So I'd say Madame Two Swords, but it's not a fair comparison because I haven't been to the other. It sounds a little bit scary. Is it scary? <laughs> Does it sound scary? Well, what is it, Tommy? What's in the, in the Ripley's Believe It or Not? Uh, essentially, it is... A bunch of things that all people who have broken world records, let's say, and maybe a waxwork of them is put into this museum. Essentially, it's a museum that displays. Uh, all right. Okay. So it's not like that. the Hammer House of Horrors. That's in my mind, that's what it was like a horror show. Yeah. <laughs> so I've, I've not been to either, but I've read. The, believe, the Ripley's Believe It or Not. And I was going to say Ripley's Believe It or Not or Guinness Book of Records. That was going to be my first question. But I knew the answer would be the Guinness Book of Records and we'll find out why in a bit. But Ripley's Believe It Not is all mad facts and mad things. So Tommy can be the phone a friend on who wants to be a millionaire because he'll know random stuff if he's been there. And Tommy, we had Wild Humphrey on here a few weeks ago, yes. and he's like that, isn't he? He's he just that's the knowledge. Well, that's a fact. Yeah, the knowledge he's got's incredible, isn't it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He was just he was one just incredible. One more from you. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay then. So we've done about holiday. If you'd like, prefer the north of Scotland to the um to the south. Okay. Do you prefer, because we talked about musical theatre before we started the show, yeah. Hairspray or Miss Saigon? Hairspray, I think it's going to be. 
There we go. How? So I've seen both. And, I've, and I've, I've seen both with my dad, which was a bit hysterical. So I went okay. to see Miss... I went to see Miss... <laughs> yeah, so I went to see Miss Saigon, right, because my mum yeah. wasn't well, so I ended up going. Oh. And then, because we haven't had the theatre for so long, have we, you know, and we really missed yeah. it, and it was my mum's birthday, so I bought four tickets for Hairspray. So Phil's seen it with me, and I thought, oh, my dad will be cool. <laughs> my dad hasn't seen the film. So he was sat there like a rabbit in a so I, I, I did one of them. I went, do you know what's going on? And he went, no, I haven't got a clue. <laughs> well, he liked the singing and the dancing and stuff. And when I actually thought about it, I thought it probably wasn't really his thing. But he did say, and, and you just miss live theatre, don't you, once you've been, you know. And, uh, right. But I've yeah. never seen Miss Saigon. Oh, it's amazing. It's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's sad. I cried my leg off. Yeah. That's another one. I quite like his. I like happy, a happy sort of ending. Yeah. I cried my leg off in there. Yeah. In there. So, yeah. Brilliant. Okay. So now we know a little bit more about Tommy. We're going to find out even more about him. Okay. So, Tommy and I and you have never met before. Um, so, I know Tommy's mum. And she was telling me that he'd ran the London Marathon. And I was like, oh, that's a pretty cool thing to do. And then she said, are you 21, 22? 21. 21. So, like, he's this young person. And then she said that um, he was raising money for um, charity and stuff. I'm like, oh, that's pretty cool. Um, and then I said, oh, do you think he'd come on? Because she told me about your job. And and I thought, oh, like a 21-year-old going to do the London Marathon, doing this, doing that. And I thought, that's pretty cool. And then I saw your mum yesterday, and she said, oh, Tommy knows one of our ex-guests, Sophie Clark, and he was in Lipper with her. And I was like, God, he's been to Lipper as well. Yeah. And then she said, why don't you ask the Plaza Cinema to come on as a guest? And I was like, oh, they've been. And she went, could Tommy volunteers then? I was like, no way. So I think for a 21-year-old to have done all of that stuff, and he's only 21, I'm going to hand it over to you, Tommy. You're going to tell us your experiences and everything like that. And then Sandra and I will just comment to me as we go along. You yeah. bring a lot so you've got about 25-ish minutes, 30 minutes. So I'm yeah. going to hand it over to you, Tom. Um, I'm Tommy Lee. I was uh, <laughs> born in a small town in Germany called Munchengladbach. At birth, I was born with meningitis. Um I've, I've, I've had that from birth. I was taken into special care from the moment I was born. Um, the amazing doctors over there at the hospital in Germany looked after me, made sure I was okay. Um, one thing I do, I want to just spin off from that. The hospital I was born in in Germany only had two English-speaking midwives, and one of the midwives cared for my granddad, who I sadly never got to meet. He oh, died wow. when my mum was 11 years old. Oh, wow. So she came for him in the Northern Hospital in Liverpool when he was, he was there. What are the chances of that? And she was there when I was born, so what are the chances? Oh, that oh, is incredible. That's giving me goosebumps. Yeah. Incredible. So I was lucky enough to survive from birth, come home with my mum. We moved back to Liverpool I think 11 months after I was born, so just about to turn one. And the meningitis has affected the whole left side of my body for oh, wow. whole life, essentially. So the first thing that was that we discovered was that I couldn't walk. When other little kids were starting to walk, I couldn't. Um, I was shuffling around on my bum quite a lot. So my mum, she was like, oh, he's the bum shuffler. Mm -hmm. Um so I had to go to special physiotherapy, have casts on my foot. I had to have all special stuff done to my foot. It was my left side. Um, and I had to learn how to walk. So I think I was about five years old by the time I could actually walk properly without any support. Um, cut to about eight years old. I was in school and I was, I was having a bit of trouble in school. My teacher was saying that, Tom doesn't focus that much. He's not engaging. Um, and we we went to the opticians. And actually, it turns out that 
I had something wrong with my eyes, and this was due to the meningitis. Uh, so the way people have 20-20 vision, my eyesight, the right side is 20, the left side is 15, decreasing. Mm-hmm. So we had that to deal with as well. So I had to wear glasses. I should be wearing them now, but... Yeah. <laughs> um, I had to wear glasses from a very young age. That's incredible, isn't it? To think that you, you couldn't walk as a child. You couldn't walk properly and you end up... So I'm feeling guilty now about the running, okay? Let's just put that out there. Because <laughs> we just ran the London Marathon for charity and you couldn't walk as a child. So yeah, go on. Yeah. <laughs> um, my stepdad he he used to do a, a long run every Sunday he's, he's been a runner as long as I've known um, and he used to go out every Sunday and do his big long run with a couple of friends from around our local area and this one Saturday night I got back from Lipper I was just feeling a bit inspired by him and I thought I'm going to go for a run with him tomorrow morning and I thought I'll do one, two miles maybe at the most and I ended up going out and doing 11 miles. That's Stop it. On your first run? On my first proper run, wearing a pair of Vans. I'll do Stop that it. Hand. Now, I've never worn Vans or shoes like them pumps. They're not made for running. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I, did, I think I did my first month of running, doing Sunday long runs, Wednesday short runs in a pair of Vans. Until and how old were you then, Tommy? I was 14 in the January, turn of 15 in February. Brilliant. Wow. I got all the gear. Oh, wow. How good, That year, I did my first ever half marathon, which was the Rock and Roll Liverpool half marathon. Oh, oh yeah. So, hang on, the Rock and Roll half marathon, so that was, what, six years ago? Oh, it's actually, it six yeah. Years ago? So, that might have been when me and Rach did ours. Mark Almond was the was the guy at the end playing. I think so. Yes. Yeah. 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 Mm, okay. Family remembers Fox Cell, but never mind. I know. Well, you that did your first half on the Rock and Roll Marathon, and and was that a fundraiser or was that just for fun? Or uh, I did. I raised money for Macmillan Cancer Charity Support. I raised three pounds for them at the time. Brilliant. Wow. I was going around school asking all my teachers and all people we knew. That's so good. And um, then what was your next one? My next one. What was my next one? It was the year after, same one, rock and roll, uh, mm-hmm. half marathon. And during this time, I was doing the Santa Dash every year. That was like oh, a yeah. yearly thing I did. I have done the Santa Dash. Oh, great race, isn't it? I've never done the Santa Dash. Oh, you'd love it. It's brilliant. Such a bad. Yeah. Fantastic. And one after that was 2018 when I first started working on the train. Um, my mum had signed up to do this one. It was half marathon, rock and roll again. And my mum said, I'm going to do the fundraising if you'll run for me. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Uh, so that was for, I think it was for Marie Curie. Brilliant. Raising 250, 300, I think. And that was about it until I signed up for London. And Tom, Tommy, how much did you raise this year when you did the London Marathon and which charity did you choose to do it for? This year, I'll get the exact number up for you now. So he's done two London Marathons. He has, actually. You've done one physically in London. So let's let's do the physical London one and then we'll talk about the exciting thing. So the physical London one, which was this year. Yeah. What did you raise this year for? Uh, I did them both for the same charity for Meningitis Research Foundation, uh, an amazing yeah. charity that helps um, aid and uh, find research to cure meningitis. Brilliant. So obviously that's what did you raise? Good. How much did you raise this this year? I raised three thousand and sixty-one pounds. <laughs> that's fantastic. That's a massive amount of money, isn't it? That's just brilliant. Well done. How cool. Oh, was it a charity place, Tommy, or, or did you go on the ballot? It was a charity place, yeah. Amazing. Wow. That's, that's phenomenal. 
signed up in 2019 to do the 2020 London Marathon. Obviously, COVID hit everyone mm -hmm. was in lockdown. So the director of London Marathon, uh, Hugh Brasher, he said, everyone that signed up, you'll get to do a virtual marathon in October. So everyone can do it from home, essentially. Uh, so we did in 2020, in the same charity. Um, and then my place was rolled over into 2021. Okay. Brilliant. So where did you run when you did your virtual marathon? What what was your route? I ran from where I live in West Derby up to Ormskirk and back to West Derby. Wow. And not only did you get a medal and your number from the London Marathon, I need you to hold up what you're actually what else you got because I'm proper well gel on this. <laughs> World record. A Guinness Book World Record Certificate. And, is it, and, what, and it's got your name on, hasn't it? It has, yeah. It's not and like a blind one. What was your world record for, Tommy, exactly? I'll read it off here. Pa uh, Thomas Lee participated in the following record events. The most users to run a remote marathon in 24 hours. That was 37,966 people. Fantastic. And look... The age of yeah, and you've done all that already. And mm. when you were speaking, then you mentioned the train. Yeah. So, um, would you like to tell everyone what which train you work on? Because this is quite exciting, I think. I work on board a luxury charter train called Northern Belt. We used to be owned by the Orient Express Company, and now we're owned by West Coast Railways. Um, it is luxury charter train that deals with fine dining and wines wow. so how, how did you come to work on the train what was your journey to the train um so in 2016 we all went on as a family for mother's day with my mum and at the time i was working in my local restaurants around the corner and we were sat there we were having a nice meal and the manager on the train at the time comes up and starts speaking to us on our table and my mum she goes, oh, my son works at a restaurant. I'm like, mom, stop embarrassing me. <laughs> he says, I'll be back in just one moment. He comes back with his business card and says, give me an email when you're 18. So I, think, I, I thought nothing of it at the time. And December 2017, I was looking for a few jobs. I thought, I need a bit more money. And I saw his business card, so I gave him an email and went in, did my interview, got the job and there I am now. Oh, isn't that cool, isn't it? So where does it go from and where does it go to? So our depot is in Carnforth, which is yeah. just for the Lake District, South Lake District. <laughs> um, and we can pick up from essentially any destination within the UK. We do lunch trips, which are a seven-course dinner. And we'll take you on a round trip of the countryside, so there is no there's no departure from the train apart from when you get back to your station in the evening. Or we'll do a full day trip, which we can pick you up. Let's just say from Lime Street, for instance, mm -hmm. you down to London, and you can get off the train for a few hours, have your little wander around. I would love that. Oh, let's do that, Sam. Yeah. Let's do that. And Tommy, how long was the training to do it? Because obviously it's all silver service and everything, isn't it? I was lucky to, to have been working in the industry already, so I already had quite a few things up my sleeve. But it was, from day one, they were very, very supportive and it was just learn as you go, essentially. Yeah, it's all attention to detail, though, isn't it? It's all tongs and everything's tip-top, isn't it? No one... You know, when you go somewhere and you drop your knife on the floor and they just pick it up and give you the same knife. There's none of that going on. <laughs> oh, I love so it. So how long have you been working on the train? Since 2018. Wow. Oh. So you were only like really young, weren't you? When you're, yeah, 18. Wow. 18, yeah. How lovely. And you're saying you work with a lot of people who are ex-air crew? Yeah. Do, do that, yeah. And I've got a few friends who've flown who work on different trains, etc. But I think they it's quite nice that because as you said, it's charter. So um have you met any any interesting people you're allowed to tell us about? Um any interesting people. Last what? Christmas I served 
Gary Barlow is Christmas dinner. He was on board. Oh, did you work on Christmas Day? Not on Christmas Day. He oh. was on board on the, I think it was the 6th of December last year. Wow. December, we run a lot of Christmas trips. So we'll go from the 1st to the 21st of December. And each day we'll do a Christmas dinner that day. Oh, that'd be good, wouldn't it? I tell you what, it's not. It's not a tennis. <laughs> it's not a. It's not a Saturday special. Two for eleven fifty. You know. Very upmarket. Okay, I don't know what happened then, Tommy. But um, oh, it sounds amazing. And you know, you were saying it's charter. So do you ever get like companies that charter the train and do special things for their staff or anything like that uh, yeah so we we had we've had rolex charter us out before a company called john they're a, uh, a jewelry company yeah. and we what was our most recent one exactly oh. did you get a free rolex oh i wish <laughs> <laughs> As I Oh, lovely. What a lovely thing. It's quite interesting, that as well, isn't it? You meet all types of interesting people and things. I'd enjoy yeah, that. That's amazing. And um, they cater for all manner of dietary requests. Anything you, you want, we can do. Oh, I can see Sandra's cogs are turning there of how we're going to get on that train. Like, that's getting added to the list. Yeah. We don't have on board but the chef somehow managed to make them up i don't know how they do it wow it's amazing yeah uh, so who's the most interesting person that you've served on on the train interesting um, i had a gentleman the other week actually um he wasn't in my carriage he was in my colleague amanda's carriage i was i was told i needed to go speak to this, this gentleman immediately Oh, does he know me? Is he a previous customer? Yeah. So I go down to Amanda's carriage and she points me in his direction and says, Oh, this is this is Tommy. He's done a London Marathon in a few weeks. And this gentleman, he had run over 50 marathons in his lifetime. He'd raised over five hundred thousand pounds for all these wow. different companies. And he he was turning 80 this month. Wow. And he's doing wow. a half this month as well. Well, there's um, hope for me. No yeah. pressure on you there then, Tommy, is yeah. there? <laughs> wow, no, that's cool, isn't it? I bet he was really pleased, though, that you were doing it as well. He will have been supportive, I imagine. Oh, yeah. It was an absolute pleasure to meet him and get to have a little chat with him. I think, I think people who run support each other. Peter Lloyd's commented, hasn't he, Helen? Yeah, um, so Peter Lloyd was one of our guests um, a couple of months ago, and he's put evening all. That was such an inspiring story, Tommy. You've achieved a lot in a short time. Well done. And um, Peter actually did the London Marathon as well. Um, yeah, and he raised money for um, war memorials, wasn't it? In um, what was it called? The Heritage, the War Memorials Heritage Fund, or something, and, and they protect That's them. Right. And, yeah, wasn't it yeah. like? Um, and he, he fundraised for that, didn't he? Um, mm -hmm. And we saw him on Friday, and he said that it took um, about a week for his legs to start working again. So he'd had a couple of sports massages, and um, he said his legs were just done. You know. So how did you feel after the marathon, Tommy? A bit sore, to be honest. <laughs> uh, a few days to recover, but. I've got a really lovely friend, Dean, who uh, does my massages for me, sports therapy. Uh, his name's Dean Dalton, if anyone wants to get in touch with him. Yeah. Very supportive over my journey doing a marathon. Um, I'd say about three or four days for me. Gosh. Um, what chance have I got, Helen? <laughs> my legs broken, <laughs> both of them. <laughs> he said he said it was tough when he was coming towards the end he said it was tough and his legs were like not moving as much as they thought they were. what did what was your mileage that you trained to Tommy did you train up to 20 miles or did you go further up to 20 yeah up to 20 yeah yeah and how did you fit all your training in with work uh, yeah. 
it was a bit uh, hectic when we started back after lockdown. Obviously, I was training during lockdown, which was which was perfect. No work. Uh, I was I can do as many runs as I want, as long as I want, and if I'm sore the next day, it doesn't really matter. Yeah. Uh, but when we went back to work, it was a bit chaotic. It was trying to fit them in within coming back from work or just yeah. before coming to work. Yeah, I and I think the that. hardest thing, isn't it? Most people say the hardest thing. The hardest thing to do for a marathon is the training for it. Mm. Once you're there, you, you just got to run. Yeah, very much so. Because I was thinking that about how you train, because some of your days must be really long. Like if you're picking up at a certain time and then you're going somewhere and people can have time there if they want and then coming back, it really is a long day. And presumably you're on your feet. I bet you feel like you've walked where you've gone sometimes because you must be up and down constantly. And oh, yeah. I think with dedication to train after doing a physical yeah. job like that is something else it really is you know he steps in on the train oh um peter lloyd's put it's the war memorials trust he ran for that he raised mm -hmm. funds for isn't it incredible really and i know the london marathon generates so much money doesn't it for oh. charity millions over three thousand pounds tommy is fantastic for that charity you know they what an achievement, you know, you should believe yeah. You know, but even more so, and I think 21, you know, to be told you couldn't walk as a child and you weren't walking properly at all till you're about five, and to have been affected as you you said your whole life, the left side of the body to go and run and raise um over three thousand pounds, do the job you do on your feet, go to everything you've done. Is quite against all odds. Now I need to ask you this because you said where you were born and everything, and that you support Munch and Gladbach. That's your team. Do you speak any German? A little bit. I'm guessing because you came over here when you were very young. Do you were only a baby, weren't you? Yeah. Okay. Last time I went back was for my 18th birthday. My sister yeah. Heather and her fiance Chris took me for. 18. So we stayed in Amsterdam for the week and then we went over back to Montreal back for the day. It was a small little town. Yeah. We have a cool present, isn't it? Yeah. That is a cool present off your sister. How nice. I know. That's a bit amazing, that isn't it? That's a cool present. Um, so when you would. I want I want people to know sort of like the struggles that you went through when you were younger. So you were eight and. Um, your left side. So, how is your left side now? Um, apart from my eye, all right. To be honest. <laughs> so, when did uh, it, when did it all start to come? You know, when when were you? So, you were eight, and you were still having struggles and things like that. Yeah, did, it, think, did you grow out of it, or? I think my eyesight. That was the the last sort of thing that we found out, really. Mm -hmm. uh, well, it was it was mainly the walking, which was the big struggle. But and then, so at what point where you were struggling to walk? At what point did you manage to walk successfully that you were able to go on and run? I suppose that's what we mean. How did it change? Um, so I think obviously about age five, it was sort of developing out of wearing a cast, and I stopped going to the physiotherapy and I stopped going to special nurseries to watch kids mm -hmm. walk. They walked um but around more like six years old seven i was playing football in school and doing what yeah. people were doing what i've been watching them doing for a few years being a nursery resilience that's fantastic isn't it and like you went on and did dancing and irish dance and things like that you know it's just fantastic and um one of my favorite stories ever tommy do you know the story of uh, wilma rudolph um, she was um, an American person born in the 60s, well, no, born in the 50s from a very, very um, poor family in the southern US states. And she had, uh, she had to have calipers on her legs and she ended up a gold medalist at the Olympics um, in athletics for running, you know. So it, it just reminds me of that story, really, because your mum must have had this little baby and being said, oh, no, he's not going to walk or anything like that. And then off you go and you've run the London Marathon. No wonder your mum's so proud of you and the job you have as well. And you volunteer. 
I do. I don't know how you find time. So tell us about your voluntary work you do. Uh, so I work at the Plaza Cinema in Crosby. Um, the cinema has been in the family for years. It's where my mum, she was brought up. Uh, Dad used to take us to the cinema there to watch films. And I used to go as a little kid as well. Um, and it was something that came about when I was about 16. I saw a, a post on Facebook saying they were looking for volunteers. So I applied and I've always been a big fan of films. It's been something that I've loved all my life. Um, who's going to say no to three films? Uh, yeah, yeah, they're going to choose three films, yeah. And um, we had the guy on, the manager there from the Crosby Cinema, and he came on um, sort of quite some time ago on the show earlier on in the year, and um, he was talking about the effort and what it costs to run and everything. And one of the things I think that's fantastic about that cinema is the ticket price. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, because um, my son's girlfriend's over from Italy, and he's working Saturday night. So I said, I'll take it to the cinema because I want to go and see the new Bond film. So I had a look in town um, and I was looking at different prices. And I'm not going to name the cinema. I nearly died at one of the prices of the cinemas. I couldn't believe it. Put it this way, the Odeon in Liverpool one was a bargain in comparison. So and I, I was just really shocked um, how expensive the tickets were for this particular cinema. And I thought, well, I won't go there then. And I think what the cinema does, what the plaza does, is it makes the cinema more accessible for people. Um, do you know what I mean? I, the, the thing I looked at today, it was um, it was £26 something for two tickets. It was £13 odd each, which for me are London prices. Um, and then by the time you get a drink and some popcorn and stuff like that, and I think ha the, what the Plaza Cinema does is it means that people can take their kids to the cinema. It's affordable. They're not looking at £13 a head, you know. It's also um, with the Plaza is the money that they raise. It goes back into the local community and into the upkeep of the... And it's like, it's like you, Tommy, who um, yeah. enable it to keep going. We have lots of volunteers. and But it's a... It's, a really sort of oldie whirly cinema as well still so the experience we went for um a wonderful life at christmas and it got more when you went in and it was just oh, it was amazing it was lovely and they showed us the video of how they saved the cinema i think it's a 13 oh, yeah. minute youtube and it's it's brilliant everybody needs to watch it because it's really inspirational how they saved the cinema and I think it's um, inspirational um, how the local community got together as well. And it just shows the power of community. And I know um, Kev from An Hour for Others, he's always talking about community and helping your area and putting stuff back in. And I just think you're amazing, Tommy, because you do, you do that for your local area. Well, you live in West Derby, actually, don't you? You were saying. And you go and support the cinema in Crosby. And then you do fundraising for a national charity as well, you know, and you just contributing so much to society all whilst holding down quite a, a job where I wouldn't say it's high pressure but you have to work to a high standard don't you in the workplace everything's got to be tip top so uh, no wonder your mum's proud of you what an absolute credit you are yeah. so what does that... the future hold on Tommy what's your next challenge uh, the next challenge this Sunday I'm doing the rock and roll marathon in Liverpool in town um not doing it for any charity or any organisation, just doing it for myself. Yeah. After that, my next... Just because you're bored on a Sunday. <laughs> yeah. My next race after that will be the Manchester Marathon next April. Right. What's and you're going to do that for... You're gonna do that. Are you going to fundraise for that one? Uh, that one, again, is just for myself, but I'm looking into doing yeah. the London Marathon next year. I've just entered the ballot. I entered it. Literally, as I was having my tea after I did the marathon. Oh, my goodness. You? you couldn't walk and you thought, I'll sign up for that again. I hobbled no. up, sat down and had my beer and my burger. And it was coming up every time I up for the ballot. And I thought, why not? Oh, that's I think Peter, Peter Lloyd did exactly the same, you know. I think he finished and then he entered it straight away. So the ballot, there's 40,000 places in the London Marathon, and over 240,000 people um, apply. Yeah. And um, some 50,000 people from outside the UK apply as well. 
Yeah, it's a oh. massive, massive thing. You, you're a bit pixelated this evening, Helen. We're having a few connection problems. Oh. Um, and then when I can see you two perfectly. You're all right now. You're okay. But it does keep oh, cutting out quite a lot. So um, oh. never mind. Well, let's move on because we might have yes. some interesting moments to share. I wonder in your job, Tommy. Yeah. Okay. So we have a red face moment. So our red face is something that people can laugh along with, not at you. So do you have a red face moment, Tommy? Um, oh, red face moments. Anything embarrassing happened that you're able to share with us, either at the marathon or at your job? At the marathon uh, or at the job? Probably your job, I would imagine. I bet something's happened. <laughs> have a little think about that. You come back to me. That's okay. Yeah, Go on, yeah. Um, I think I've been okay this week. Although I did, I, I thought of one that you and I, when we went to pick Lou up and we were putting it in the car, and um, I threw stuff in the bin, but actually threw the keys in the bin. Oh yeah, that was a nightmare. Yeah, in the pitch black one, and then I had to delve in the bin, didn't I, to get my keys? Out. Good job, the only landed on the top. You laughed. That, yeah, I laugh, but that's something. And funny enough, you um, talk about things like that happening. When I used to work on the aircraft, I remember this when I was at Monarch. Um, so many times there's been, we used to have a lot of change in those days. So that you'd have loads of bags and bags of change because people used to get rid of their change on the plane mm. to buy stuff. And you'd have, um, and then you'd have all English notes in front. And so many times the whole lot of change would go in the bin. And you'd literally have to, oh, I can't tell you how bad it was. And it'd be all people's dinner and stuff. And you'd literally have to put rubber gloves on. And I remember this girl in when I worked for British Airways in London. And I said, look, we're going to have to get the money out the bin or whatever. And she, she dropped the money. I said, you, we have to take it out. You can't just leave it, you know, the money. And, so I said, and she goes, what do I do? And I go, well, we'll put your rubber gloves on. Come on. And she went, I was a PA. I left a PA's job to do this. And I said, well, you might like to go back then. <laughs> it's quite a, you know, people think that, or in those days, you think it's quite a glamorous job. But, you know, when someone's had the dinner and they say, oh, my child's left their brace on the tray and there's 361 passengers and the food's all, and you're literally pulling out every single used tray with butter on everything to find this kid's oh. brace or something like that. There's all stuff like that. <laughs> which is, isn't quite uh, as people would like to see. But you might be able to tell us some of your embarrassing moments on that train, Tommy, to protect the identity mm. of the clients. There's one without any of the passengers on board. It was the other week. We'd finished our service. All the passengers had gotten off, and we were just stripping down for the night, cleaning the whole train. And we sorted the carriage out, so we're just sorting our little pantry area out where all our glasses go. And one of my jobs for that night was to pour all the wine that was in one of the big coolers back into the wine storeroom. So I'm dragging all these big coolers down to the storeroom and I'm putting the bottles on the shelves. And I just finished putting the last bottle on the shelf. I was pouring all the excess water out the cooler and the train jerked. <gasps> and I kid you not, maybe 10, 15 bottles just went off the shelf. Oh. And did they smash? Yeah. Oh, so that was another oh. 10, 20. <laughs> oh dear, these things happen, don't they? Yeah. Well, I don't know if I've had any embarrassing moments this week. Actually, I probably have, but I'm unaware of them. Um, no, I think I'm all right, really. Which is well, well you done, know, you amazing. My head, you see, I don't realize they're embarrassing Tommy and other people go, Oh my god, and I go, No, I'm not embarrassed, it's just how I live my life. So, shout out to the grown ups. Any grown ups who've done amazing things this week, San? Any grown ups? Yeah, absolutely. I am, I'm just gonna check our page because I've been posting them. So, blind man to Iron Man. Who yeah. uh, also did he? Who commended his son, but did Hadrian's Wall himself, which was just mm. absolutely inspirational. Um, and also, yeah, ninety miles in six days. It was coast to coast. Also, I wanted to give a big shout out 
before um a local teacher from yes. um St. Vincent's, St. Vincent's yeah. School for Blind, David Swanston, who's 34. He's made it through to the final shortlist after 8,000 nominations from 121 countries. So out of 8,000 teachers that were nominated, he's made it um, to the final shortlist. He's the deputy principal at St. Vincent's School for Children with sensory impairments, as we say now in West Derby and he said the children are very excited we're in the um for he's from Falkirk in Scotland originally but oh, he's now um anyway you might get a million dollars I was gonna say it's a million dollar prize isn't it yeah don't be running off say mm. I know that's an amazing achievement isn't it um any what shout out to grown-ups from you Tommy uh I just want to say a massive thank you to everyone who donated towards me running the London Marathon Thank you to my amazing family for supporting me, all my friends. I want to say a massive shout out to my best friend, his mum, Jackie, Jackie Prothero. She's doing a cycle cross event and the Santa Dash to raise awareness and funds to help a young girl um, who's very ill, close to her, called Annie. All right. Okay, Tommy, if you want to share that with us, we can put that on our page, if you like, on the Success in the City page for her. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah. Well done. Um, have I got a shout out to any grown ups? Um, um, I don't think so. A shout out to you, Helen, because you always wanted to do the radio show, and um, and we sort of did it then, didn't we? And you and did as well. So I'm going to shout out to you as well. Keeping it going for a year, and we we just have an absolute laugh, you know. And sometimes, and the bit, we're quite unprofessional at times. There is structure, but we do wing it a lot. If people are realised because we're quite relaxed, but sometimes the videos come up, you know, if you do things, and loads of them start with me going, ha, and whatever we've been talking about already, we're just laughing our heads off because it is, I really enjoy it. And um, some of the people, the people we have on, is you, Tommy, at your age now, 21, everything you've done and, and given to others, and it, and it is, you are the epitome of success in the city, really. And often we have some older people on who are quite accomplished. They've had long, interesting lives. And I think what's fascinating by, about yourself is not just what you've done, which is incredible coming forward from the meningitis to becoming a running two London marathons, etc. But also your age. And Peter, Peter A. Lloyd commented on that. And he said, you've achieved a lot in a short time and you give so much back to society and your community. We're very lucky you came here when you were a baby from Munch and Gladbach, aren't we? Yeah. And it's amazing, isn't it? You know, such a young person. And we always, well, well I, I always say, like, shout your successes from the rooftops. Yeah. Because some people say, like, oh, they're bragging and stuff. And I, yeah. I, I'm totally the other way. You're an inspiration to another. And somebody might watch something and think, well, if he can do it, so can I. Yeah. yeah. I might run to the bottom of the road now. Well done. Well done. You you do that and I'll video you and we'll make a fortune. Well, see, that's it. It's that type of thing, Tommy, that puts me off. <laughs> so, do we have a positive challenge? Tommy, have you got a positive challenge that people could go out and about and do? Um, it could be something as little as just going for a walk. All it takes is that first step. Go for a quick walk. That might turn into something else. It might not. You can go for a quick run afterwards if you're able to. and Just push yourself. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, and yeah. and that's the thing, isn't it? You know, running's not for everybody, but everybody can go outdoors and get a bit of fresh air, and you know, you just feel so much better when you've been outside, isn't it, with fresh air? And um, if people need reminding, think how people felt when they couldn't really go out the house. You know, we can go out the house now. You know, we're yeah. lucky we can go out the house. So just make the even in the pouring rain. Wrap up, put a hood on, go and breathe, get some fresh air. It's lovely. You're not made of ice and sugar, you won't melt. Yeah. So no, thank you so so much for Tommy for joining us. You are an inspiration. You are a young person, and your mum's fantastic for supporting you, you know, and, and doing amazing things with you when you're younger and giving you that can-do attitude, which has made you the person that you are today. Um, we're gonna close with you. Do you have a closing quote or a mantra that you live by? Um, I have a quote. Cool. You can achieve anything if you put your mind to it. Nice. Yeah. I love that. 
to yeah so you're going to achieve anything if you put your mind to it i totally agree with you i think it's great i want to say a massive thank you to sandra and a happy birthday to us for our first year tommy again massive massive thank you for coming on and we will see everybody next week thank you we wish you luck with everything